Hello and welcome back to the Milan Baptist Podcast. My name is Manon, I'm the community pastor for Milan Baptist Church. I hope that you have enjoyed our last episode, which was also the first one of our new series, Stay Home, Save Lives. We reflected on Joseph's life and looked at how his time locked in a prison ended up being pivotal in making God known all around him. In just a moment, we are going to jump all the way to the New Testament and explore what Jesus' time in the tomb can teach us about sharing our love for God with the people we come in contact with. But first, I'd just like to tell you about a little something that happened to me recently. We had the most beautiful weekend just a few weeks ago. The sun came out, shining in all its glory, announcing the promise of a now not so distant spring. I don't know about you, but it gave me a sudden burst of joy and energy, which resulted in me achieving more in a weekend than I would normally in a whole week. One of those things I achieved was to go out and try to do some gardening. I say try because I don't really know anything about gardening. But we have that huge garden full of plants and trees that always call for a little bit of TLC. I'd better learn fast. The flowers that I'm looking forward to seeing reappear the most this summer are the peonies. However, all we could see was that the once opulent flowers had been replaced by tall, brown, dry twigs. We were very concerned that they had irreversibly died due to a complete lack of care. But I thought I'd do the one thing I know to do with dying plants, and that is to trim all that is dead and hope that in time, signs of life will somehow appear. It was only 10 minutes in that task that I saw the most remarkable thing. Right down by the roots, there were those tiny red looking gems. You probably guessed it. The peonies were already coming back to life in spite of the complete neglect that they had been shown. We will have gorgeous peonies this summer, after all. Now, I'm not going to lie, I have regretted announcing that we were going to look into the story of Jesus and explore what his time in the tomb tells us about staying home and saving lives. It has been feeling like a tall order, and I'm not entirely sure I'll do that bit of the story justice. But my hope is that what you are about to hear will encourage you to continue to think deeply about the significance of Jesus' death and resurrection in this period leading to Easter. A bit like my red budding peony gems, let this be the start of some great personal reflections that I have no doubt will flourish in their own time. My biggest challenge as I was preparing was that there just isn't really very much said about Jesus' actual time in the tomb in the gospel. All we can really make up are three things. The religious leader's reaction straight after Jesus' death, 
the disciples' actions and what the significance of Jesus' death and resurrection are. So whilst the real important thing is how Jesus' death and resurrection changed just everything, today we will focus on the very first point, the religious leaders' reactions. Once Jesus had died on the cross, some religious leaders remembered that Jesus had talked about coming back to life and that got them worried. Really, there were only three possibilities. Either one, nothing would happen. Two, Jesus would come back to life. Or three, the disciples would steal his body to make everyone believe that Jesus spoke the truth. Option one was fine. Option two was unlikely. But option three really wouldn't be good for the religious leaders. So, with some help from the Romans, they put a seal on Jesus' tomb and posted guards right in front of it to make sure that no one could take the body. Later, after Jesus' resurrection, they heard from the Roman guards about the angels appearing and testifying with Jesus' resurrection. So, what do those religious leaders do? They know that the soldiers are taking a huge risk by telling them what they saw. Because by doing so, they could lose not just their jobs, but their very lives. Meaning that what they were saying was very likely to be true. But instead of being convinced that Jesus was, after all, who he had said he was, and look for him in order to follow him, they ask the soldiers to lie and say that, what they really saw were Jesus' disciples taking the body away. In a nutshell, what they were concerned about wasn't the truth, nor even the desire to get to the bottom of things and know for sure. No, what they wanted was to make sure that as few people as possible would hear that Jesus was the real deal, because it would have been too costly for them to recognize Jesus as the saviour of the world. The one God sent to rescue everyone from rules and regulations that had only brought hurt and division and to establish his perfect kingdom instead. So, what does this tell us about sharing about Jesus to the people around us in this time of lockdown? Well, what I find interesting is that God surely could have found a way to stop the religious leaders from plotting, even when Jesus was in the tomb. But he didn't. If anything, to some, the religious leaders' effort to make Jesus' exit impossible will make the case for Jesus' resurrection more compelling. For others, what the Bible portrays as a lie to cover the truth will seem more believable. But as disciples of Jesus, what we can take away is that where Jesus' word is preached and lives are empowered by his Holy Spirit, opposition will soon follow. It can take many forms. In our story, it is a display of power and the spread of a lie. But I wonder what shape it can take in our lives today. Do some personal experiences come to mind for you? 
Maybe you have been lied about or ridiculed because of your faith. Maybe you are experiencing some tensions in your relationship with your family since you've become a believer. Or health issues? If so, my prayer for you is that, just like in Jesus' case, those barriers and difficulties will become a stepping stone for God to show his power and might, enabling those around you to believe that he is the real deal. I do also pray that he will give you hope and strength as you face opposition and that you would know his comfort even when it feels like he is slow to act. But if anything, please remember that you are not alone. There is something else that this story teaches us. I let this one story that I haven't been able to shake out of my head lately illustrate it for me. It happened about seven years ago at a previous place of work. A colleague and I were chatting with a lady who was a real regular, someone we were very fond of, especially because she was beautifully quirky and colourful in appearance and character. That day she shared with us that she had just been told that scans revealed an aggressive form of cancer was taking over one of her organs. After chatting some more with her and hugging her, we offered to pray for her. She wasn't a believer, but she gratefully accepted. We prayed for healing and peace in Jesus' name. A couple of weeks later, she came back in with a broad smile all across her face to tell us that she had had more scans and that there were no more signs of cancer. We were amazed and we shared Jesus' love and story with her. It was such a beautiful moment and we were sure that God had healed her body and her soul just a couple of weeks apart. So when we saw her again a few weeks later, we asked her how she found her newly found relationship with Jesus. She quickly explained that she didn't believe in Jesus. My colleague and I were a little stunned and told her why we asked that question and talked of the miracle that she had shared with us. She gave us a sweet smile and said that it hadn't been a miracle just an extraordinary coincidence. I can't forget just how sad my friend and I felt as we saw her leave determined that Jesus had played no role in her incredible recovery. Our relationship with her continued to be a great one, but we didn't have another opportunity to share about Jesus with her. This story continues to make me wonder sometimes. What happened there? Was there anything else we should have done or said? And you know, it's happened again since, and again just a few months ago. Times when Jesus so clearly meets people and heals them in the most incredible way. And at first, they say that it was a result of prayer. And a few days or weeks later, they giggle and say how it was all a happy coincidence. 
The story we had a look at today helps me understand the dynamics at play a little better, I think. The religious leaders knew that Jesus' resurrection was very likely to be true after hearing the God's testimony. But instead of believing Jesus and following him, the religious leaders make up a different story that will create a lot less disruption and discomfort to their lifestyle. The thing is, had they chosen to follow Jesus, they would have had to change their lives around quite considerably and would have lost their notoriety, their influence, some if not most of their followers. Perhaps they would have had to give up their possessions and most of all, they would have had to lay down their futures and leave them in Jesus' hands. That was too high a cost for them to pay, so they decided to change the story and continue with the reality and lifestyle they knew and had comfortably built for themselves. This reminds me of the parable of the sower. He spreads his seeds and some fall on good ground, some amongst thorny bushes and some get picked up by the birds. That's exactly what happens when we share the gospel and see Jesus do something incredible in people's lives. Sometimes the good news of Jesus being the real deal get choked because of the reality that is the cost of discipleship, the dying to self. But what our story and the parable tell us is that We are not to try to do anything and everything to convince those who decide not to believe, but that we are to continue to spread the good news generously, because some seeds will fall on fertile fertile grounds. Let's not tire, nor get discouraged to talk about Jesus and to pray for the people we encounter. Some will come to know Jesus for who he truly is and will fully embrace him. So what do we do with those who saw some amazing things but chose not to follow Jesus? Let's continue to love them, pray for them and ask Jesus questions like we talked about last week. As we do so, hopefully one day we or others will see signs of life just like I did tending to my peonies. Because after all, that is the power of the gospel and of Jesus' resurrected life, seeing life burden in the most unexpected places. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I'm aware that it didn't strictly follow our theme but I hope that you found some encouraging beginnings of thoughts in there still. A new episode will be released over the next few weeks. We will go back to the Old Testament to have a little look at what the story of Daniel tells us about staying home and saving lives. In the meantime, make sure to contact me with your own stories of sharing Jesus during lockdown. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.